0: All right, guys, I'm here with my boy, John Richards. We've been walking together for a while now, and uh, we get together pretty frequently. We just kind of open up our hearts and share uh, the word with each other, and it's always so rich. So I'm gonna just start off by saying, hey, John Richards, <laughs> what's the Lord been speaking to you while in your walk with God right now?
1: Um, I think the one main thing was that... Uh and it may sound morbid, I apologize, but everybody, including myself, will fail myself. Everyone will let me down at some point, but there's one person who can't fail and he cannot fail me. He cannot fail himself. And he has entrusted himself to me. And (laughs) that is uh, beyond comforting in daily life. And so... Yeah, I think dependency, the gospel, um, I was reading in Psalm 37, uh, it starts off, do not fret because of evildoers, extremely comforting. And then there's these words in the beginning of the verses from verse three to verse seven. And they start like this, trust in the Lord, dwell in the land, cultivate faithfulness, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him. And he will do it rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And I thought about this progression of don't fret, don't worry, trust, dwell, delight, commit, trust, and rest. And I thought that pretty much checks all the boxes. And so I think it would be encouraging though, to ask you and to hear your kind of thoughts on how we progressively do that in daily life. How do we do that? What do we do when these things hit us? What do we do when, um, people do fail us. What do we do when we fail ourselves? <laughs> we set out to spend time with the Lord and we oversleep. How do we combat these things? How do we strive to enter into the narrow way? How do we enter into his rest? How do we stay in his rest? How do we abide? All of those different things. So, yeah.
0: I read a quote from Murray uh, the other day. I've been reading Abide in Christ again. <clears throat> he said, Jesus says, come to me, I'll give you rest. Then he says, that same Jesus who said, come to me now has a new command to those who came to him and it's abide in me and I'll give you fruit. (laughs) What a beautiful way to look at this. Jesus looking at the weary and wounded being and he says, come here and I'm going to give you rest. And then once you get there, then he says, stay with me because abide means to stay. Dr. Craig Keener said that the word abide that Jesus uses is the verb form of dwelling place. (laughs) So he says, basically, Jesus is saying, live with me and I'm going to give you fruit. I'm going to cause fruit to come forth from your life. Uh, So I would, I would say it's very simple. It's as simple as coming to Jesus and as simple as staying with Jesus. Even as Murray also says in that, uh, in that book, he says, abiding is nothing more than accepting the position he's given to me and staying there. (laughs) He has, by his perfect work, granted you and I, perfect access to him, perfect acceptance in him. And because of this, we're able to trust that to be true and stay there in that enjoyment. So without giving a one step, two step, three step of practicals of how a person can live and rest, I would just boil it all down to one thing, come to Jesus and stay there. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Craig Keener yesterday, and he said to me before the cameras turned on, he said, I just love going into the word of God and staying there. (laughs) I thought that was wonderful. So have you found that in your life you're growing more and more in a revelation of your full acceptance with God through Christ?
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm seeing my excessive need to be um, constantly helpless and at a loss for uh, any self-sufficiency. I really don't have a lot going for me in that department. And I find that when I take the reins for myself, that I find the nearest ditch and I drive right into it. And I've never met, Jesus has never met me with a frown when he picks me out of that ditch. He's never met me with anything but constant and consistent love and tenderness and gentleness. Because um, he knows that I can't drive on my own. (laughs) He knows that I'm uh, a six-year-old behind the wheel of a Ferrari when I take the reins of my own life. And so um, I don't have anything of value that I can do on my own. Everything that I have has been given from somewhere else and everything that I will ever have is given from his hand. You know, at the end of it talks about his sovereign will in Psalm, I think it's 106. And then it says that all of these things wait for you. Hmm. And so nothing is, Formed, Nothing is given its push without his say-so. Even the things that may work against us are on a leash. And he causes those things to be his servants and to work his will in our lives. So we are, in a sense, invincible. Because even when you crash and you take the reins for yourself and you puff up and pride, he's going to use even those things Mm. to carve out his image in your heart. Mm. And so there is great rest (laughs) and great trust there. (laughs) um yeah so have you how have you because you've been you you got born again in the brownsville revival 1996 how have you kept a constant and consistent level of dependency or trust and or, or has it fluctuated throughout the years i mean it's been almost um man almost 30 years now that it's you've been with the lord and so uh, I'd love to hear like how that's progressed, how that's maybe waned in different seasons or kind of how you've gotten to soften your heart again, the Lord, has, how he's done it, different things and situations.
0: I just finished reading Jonathan Edwards's biography. And one of the statements that really stuck out to me is at the end of his life, um, it, it was written that what kept Edwards in orbit, what kept Edwards in orbit, Was Christ's love. (laughs) I thought that was a wonderful way to look at it. First of all, I can't sustain myself in midair. It's impossible. What keeps us in that supernatural place, state of being, being lifted by God and carried by God and kept by God is God's great love. Uh, So I would say it has been God's love that has all the credit Mm. in my life, um, all the glory goes to the love of christ um that old quote you and i both love from arthur burt uh if god only does half the work he's only worthy of half the glory but if he does all the work then he's worthy of all the glory so i would say for me it has been nothing short and nothing less and nothing other than god's great love for me that has kept me in orbit and not only kept me in orbit but deserves all the credit and, and all the glory. There's a guy I used to um, see at McDonald's when I, would, when I was in Bible college, I'd go to McDonald's, I didn't have any money. <laughs> and so he was always so full of joy. He was a, uh, uh, a fellow Bible school student. He's a little older than I was, but he would always lean out the window when I would come and be like, hey man, how you doing? He'd lean out the window and he'd look up and he'd say, hey man, you see those birds? I said, like, yeah, yeah. He says, they don't, they don't worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear. He because the Heavenly Father takes care of them. He would say this to me in the drive-thru window. And I remember one day I said, bro, you're amazing. You're always so full of joy. And he looks at me and he goes, well, he's the faithful one in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All this to oh. say, uh, I haven't seen that guy ever. I never saw him at school. He said he went to Brownsville. I never saw him at school. I never saw him again, really after that. Never saw him outside of McDonald's. Um, Isn't that funny? I don't even know if he's a man or an angel. (laughs) 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 And to use the words of our cats until the world can say that about us, we're not preaching Christ correctly. (laughs) All that to say, uh, yeah, it's been him, his his precious love and faithful What's the word, the Hebrew word, has, is it Hased, His faithful love, mm. he walks with you. He's committed to you, his yeah. covenant love. Yeah. He will not leave you, yeah. he will not forsake you. He will stand with you, neither death nor life. <laughs> Should we go there, <laughs> <laughs> praise God. But um, so as you're growing in yeah. this revelation of dependency and his greatness yeah. and his goodness, are you seeing that certain things in your heart are constantly being softened, and if so, what what are those things?
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm, I, you know, I, I realized that I'm probably the most impatient person on the planet. You know, I think sometimes, you know, we talk about David Brainerd. <laughs> he's surprised that all the forest animals don't come and kill him because <laughs> he's so evil. He has such a such a such a weighty understanding of his own sin, but I think that's, it's two sides of the same coin. When I realize. The sinfulness of my heart. I recognize the greatness of his love Mm. and as I recognize the greatness of his love I cannot be proud Mm. and if I cannot be proud Then I'm the spirit has made me humble and if the spirit has made me humble The fruit of the spirit will be the outflow of my life so it's this kind of like the first thing that I need to do is recognize my failures and as I recognize those failures and inabilities Christ is full of all of those abilities <laughs> to fill all those un- in- inabilities in my life. And so I've seen um, me as a human being, you know, the inconsistencies that I have, the ups and downs, all those different things, um, as I, like, it's almost like when you, when when I personally forget the gospel, I'm immediately... Bogged down with stresses, anxieties, you know, uh, impatience, all of these different things, all the things that Galatians five lists, uh prior to the fruit of the spirit. But the moment I turn my eyes upon the Lord in the text or in worship or in whatever, uh, I'm. It's almost as if all of those things I I just forget that they exist, and he's able to, um, th- th- something I say all the time is he's able to swallow all of those things. It's like a whale. How a whale eats is they open their mouth and just swim and they just get everything and then they spit out the water and they eat the food. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's like his love is able to engulf everything. And as I'm in that place in his presence, everything is almost washed away and everything is removed and the only thing that remains would be me and him, you know, in this in in this place and so I think One of the things that I'm constantly recognizing is that growing in the Lord is not becoming more self-sufficient. Growing in the Lord is honestly recognizing all of the sin that you didn't recognize years ago. You know what I mean? When I first got born again, I thought this thing was... I thought I had it covered. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to live holy. We're going to do this. And then you like, you have a child and you are married and you have to, you're low on the totem pole. And you're like, man, like what, what am I, I? I'm really selfish. I didn't realize how selfish I was until I had to serve somebody else. And then you wake up for a baby. And then you have another baby and you're like, wow, there's two of them and there's all these different things. And so I feel like, that's the progression of the Christian life. Sanctification becoming informed into the image of Christ is it's not recognizing how great you are and how far you've come. It's recognizing how, how lowly your estate was and how great the chasm was that Christ has bridged. Mm. And that never gets old because the moment that it gets old, we know that our heart has grown cold, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, that's, yeah.
0: (laughs) My leanness qualifies me to come to him.
1: Samuel Rutherford said, I hang by a single thread, Mm. but it's of Christ spinning. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's beautiful. It's like your diseases, our diseases... They qualify us to be able to come to the, the physician, not yeah. the magician, yeah. but the physician. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus says about the Pharisees, their pride blinded them from being able to see their diseases. So he says, therefore, your sin will remain. But if you can see, mm. Lord, I have all these areas that are not like you mm. in my heart. This qualifies me to be able to come to you. And then, like you said, you can be those things mm. to me and through me. Man, how wonderful of a gospel disposition this is. And I feel very, I feel bad for people mm. who don't realize this, mm. and even come against it, mm. because there's no other way. There's no other way to live underneath the power of the Holy Spirit than to recognize, as the day you were born again, I am greatly in need of you. Mm. Save me, save me. I, I read in Psalm one nineteen today. I'm yours. Save mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I'm yours. <laughs> Save me, praise God. And we find everything we need right there in this in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I read in Psalm 19 as well today. That the, the word of the Lord it it restores the soul, <laughs> you know, it, it delights the heart. Mm-hmm. It is it's sweeter than honey, even the drippings from the honeycomb. Mm-hmm. Praise God. All we need right there mm-hmm. in what he has revealed to us of himself. Plain text. Yeah. you know, by the Spirit, mm-hmm. re- re- revealing it, tasting it you know, touching it, making it real. So do this. This camera is your camera. I want you to look at a mother or a father or a Bible school student or maybe a, a pastor. And what would you say to them at, in a as a word of encouragement?
1: Um, I would probably say, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> I would say, um, remember the gospel. Remember that Christ was rent into, so that you two could be one again. You know, George Whitefield said, um, "Christ was God and man in one person, so that God and man could have find their enjoyment in one another again." And so, the gospel is how we grow. The gospel is how we stand. The gospel is how we are saved, and how we have been saved, and how we will be saved. And so we cannot forget the gospel. We cannot forget how, how needy we were. We have to constantly remember by the presence of the Spirit what it was like to hate the God you were supposed to love and love the sin that you're supposed to hate. And the fact that Christ has condescended and grabbed a hold of your heart and caused you to now love him when you hated him and hate your sin that you loved. That switch, that transformation, that regeneration, can it must be realized by the heart and the mind. Because without that, we are simply walking around with vain repetitions and with, with washed outsides and full of dead men's bones. We, we cannot have our doctrine in a row and not feel the effects of what the gospel has done to us and for us. And so it creates delight no matter what happens. You know, there's a Eric and I talk all the time about the martyrs singing, even in the crackle of the fame, flames, they sung of his infinite charms. They were wrapped in sweetness and in bliss and in love with him. So everything was a joy, even burning alive at the stake. Even washing dishes or changing diapers or not being where you think you should be in your life, not being where you think you should be in your job or your ministry or whatever. Everything that we have and everything that we do in this life is given by the hand of God so that we can grow into the full stature of the image of Christ. And so we can simply enjoy and delight and trust and commit and love him because he is faithful to us He's pledged himself to us, and he who began a good work is faithful, even to bring it to completion, even to the day of Jesus Christ. And so I encourage all of you, surrender and ask the Lord, if you are dependent upon him, ask the Lord to shine that light, even just a little bit brighter. You know, David says in the Psalms, save me, for I'm poor and needy. Answer me, because I'm holy. And so if I could encourage you to remember one thing, remember this. Holiness is intrinsically tied to neediness, not needlessness, because when you come to Christ, you become needless. But the door into Christ is neediness. And so that's how I would encourage anybody and everybody.
0: That's that's beautiful. At the end of Jonathan Edwards' life, he's going to die. He's on his deathbed. And if ever there was a man in which there was both light and heat, it was Jonathan Edwards. His final remark before he closes his eyes and says goodbye to this life, you can actually call these his conclusion thoughts of this brilliant mind who even wrote things about spiders that are still being studied to this day. His religious affections to this day is outstanding. He says this, trust God, trust in God, and you need not fear. The conclusion of this man's life, who lost many children along the way, went through major tragedies, betrayal, sickness, and there he is. Trust in God, and you need not fear. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. That's awesome. Well, man, it's been awesome, man, just kind of chopping some things up. Yeah, thank you, brother. I feel the Lord. Absolutely. I feel real sweet, presence of the Lord. Yeah. Um, I wrote this quote down from what you were saying earlier about uh, um, putting trust in other things, mm. and only Jesus is the one that won't let you down. Mm. C.S. Lewis said, Idols always break the hearts of their worshipers. Oh man, that's so good. But Jesus, being worshipped—if you worship Jesus, He will never break your heart. No, praise God. That's a good word, man.